0: This is Tony Diaz, a Libro Traficante, author of The Tip of the Pyramid, Cultivating Community Cultural Capital. And we have an amazing show for you today. We're bringing you the next the Chicana, Chicano intelligentsia, the leaders, the provocateurs, that's me, and, and a wonderful legacy of our cultura that you can actually take home with you in the manifestation, of Articultura Called Wisache. We're gonna welcome a lot of folks right now. Before I tell you we're gonna watch this, how are you gonna watch this? How you can support this? I gotta say hi to a metal metal of American letters, the most down vato ever, and a giant, a giant in American letters, mi amigo Tagoberto Gil. Gilp. Tagoberto. It is fantastic to welcome you to Nuestra Palabra, Latino Raiders Heaven to Say. During our 25th anniversary season, thank you so much for all that you have done for all of us and for joining us today, brother. Thank you. I hope I can do something well.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'll say whatever you want. Just talk to me. You know,
0: (laughs) (laughs) You've been doing a lot of things well for a long time. Today, we're going to broadcast that. So folks are watching this first on social media, on the Nuestra Palabra Latino Writers Heaven to Say Facebook page. A version of this will be broadcast in a video form on fox26houston.com. The audio will be edited to air on 90.1 FM KPFD, Houston's community station. And I have to pause here and remind our listeners that we are... On the air because of you. We're not inserting any commercials. And if we did, they probably wouldn't let us air anything about our community. Mm-hmm. So that's the trade off. We hope that you can, in turn, make a donation to KPFT in the name of Nuestra Palabra, Latino Writers Having to Say, so we can do our part to keep this amazing experiment and freedom of speech going on. You can go to kpft.org or go old school and call 713. 713- and of course we are also on podcast today we are celebrating the latest edition of the nation's leading literary journal i want to say i want to say that first and then mention that it happens to be a chicano journal we'll be talking to uh marcel montoya who is the new editor and he is out there in califas We'll be getting some awesome readings from some of the current contributors and past contributors. We've got Yajira Salvatierra waiting in the wings. She'll be on reading one of her pieces. Uh, dear friend coming back to the show, Joe Reyes-Boitel. And Vincent Cooper, another friend of ours. Roberto Ontiveros, another friend of ours. And of course, depending on when you're watching this, you either have attended or missed the pachanga that we're going to have at the Latino Bookstore, at the Guadalupe Cultural Arts Center, celebrating Wisache. So if you missed it, si te le perdites, está bien, you're studying this in class, maybe you're sharing this with others. I hope you're with La Familia talking about our cultura. And you can still go to the Latino Bookstore and find copies of Wisache past issues. And of course, we always hope that you will be able to build your family library there. I do want to touch bases with Dagoberto Gilb. He is, of course, one of the leading figures in American letters. He's been published in all the highfalutin magazines you can imagine. Uh, He's got amazing works out of the Legacy Grove Press, Woodcuts of Women, uh, Gritos, the list goes on and on. Dagoberto, I'm always impressed though because you've got that long legacy of the hitting the upper echelon, but to me, you've always been involved in the community. You've done so much for different protégés. You put a lot of time and energy into Isache and now you're, you're passing it from Texas to Califas. Um, that was hard, though, no? I mean, it, you know, uh, Roberto wrote a piece in the Texas Observer talking about how Texas could not, could not be a casa, could not be a home for Huizache. It, it's heartbreaking, brother. You, can tell us a little bit about that. Uh,
1: I don't know you want to hear that stuff. Man. <laughs> um, it wasn't good. Um, you know, it's, what's good... Is for all the the turmoil that it that it came from to um, you know UHV Central Victoria was executive director of Central Victoria and they just went through a massive Trump a Trump change and so guess who's out uh, us <laughs> so but I had a I guess I don't know what power is anymore but I had the power to Sort of maintain and sort of, and the fortune of giving the magazine to somebody who, you know, would carry forward, you know, in a state that was sort of more pro Chicano, pro history, you know, not, you know, treating us, you know, like, like we had been for many, many decades and decades and decades previously. So, yeah, it's all good. Maceo is going to handle everything. And the magazine, um you know, will it be different because it's in Califas? I don't know. I don't think so. I think because we aren't. Mm. I, I have trouble, I've always had trouble um distinguishing Texas and um I grew up in LA, El Paso. I lived in El Paso and then Austin. You know,
0: Chicanos here, Chicanos there, we're all Chicanos, what the heck is that? <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm not. I, I don't want to be the cultural border patrol, but there is one distinction. You, you mentioned that the Trump era that harbingered maybe the demise of some of our uh, expression, uh, freedom of speech, and uh, let's go there because even as we're talking, you've got um, Republican Governor uh, Abbott, who has now actually made it an issue to go after diversity equity and, inclu- and inclusion. Um, he's going after tenure at University of Texas and Texas A&M. So even maybe the elimination of Wisace from Central Victoria may have been a precursor to this larger movement where right now I'm talking to folks and they may be in diversity departments at universities and they're worried about it. And there's this trickle down effect where even professors are worried about what they teach. So, Um, I think when you say that this was a sign of the way Texas at a governmental level was moving, that sounds spot on. And I want to add as well to that, um, and we don't have to dwell on this, but I do want to mention that, you know, I got to remind people that during our lifetime, um, it was Republican legislators in Arizona that banned Mexican-American studies. We all united to overturn that. This is a new approach to silence our community, and I, I want to call it censorship culture. Perhaps what you were saying is is on point and, and playing out even more. I don't know what your thoughts are on that right now. I mean, clearly we don't matter.
1: <laughs> we mattered for a while um, politically. We mattered, and now not so much. And uh, uh, Texas, Texas is going through an an incredible transformation as. You see, I mean, the uh, state legislature is, you know, it's hardly, it's not quite Trump, but you can't get a lot closer. I'm being sued by the attorney general. I'm fighting a lawsuit and I've been fighting the lawsuit for, God, I almost want to think about it. Is it seven years? Wow. I mean, I'm still in in the lawsuit. So, and that's for, you know... uh, you know job you know job discrimination and so yeah it's hard to talk about this in a in a in a small format but you know there is definitely the entire trend you know post pandemic people mm-hmm. have gotten you know caring about themselves more and you know we historically as poor people in this country we don't make a lot of noise. We don't have a lot of power. We don't have, the simple fact is, we don't have money. And so we don't have, you know, major movie stars. We don't have major newscasters. Um, The country has really just gone back to its old ways where power and money are very closely connected. And no power and no money are equally connected in and we know who, which one's going up and which one's going down. We are going down. I could talk about it in terms of New York. Um, we don't, you know, some of it is is good. You know, the lat- Latinoization of uh, of all of us is good in a certain respect. But but in New York, the East Coast, Chicanos—they don't even really know the word Chicano anymore. You know, they're they're. I mean, you go, you know, my, well, let me not talk to me, but you go to the offices of agents and, you know, if they have one Latino in their offices, it's pretty remarkable. And we're talking about like offices of 30 to 40 to 50. There may be one Latino, maybe, most likely not. And there may be one, you know, black person. And um, they don't know we exist. It's very much like it was back in the 70s. I remember the 70s, to me, it was, hey, look, we don't have any stories. We are like, what a market we are. We have all kinds of stories to tell. I mean, we're here we are. The only story they're interested in about us is the either liberal or the conservative take on, on us as immigrants. Now... You're not an immigrant. I'm not an immigrant. My mother was an immigrant. Did I? You know, this this is part of a us, but it isn't the only us. But to them, that's the only us that that they know about. So when they read us, that's the only thing they're looking for. And um, yeah, it's a it's you know back to the fields. That's where we're at now. You know what that's though? I- horrible. I'm sorry. I don't like talking like that. Let's talk about my
0: well this is no this is a good segue because i want people to understand how important this journal is i don't want them to think that they can take this for granted i want them to know deep in their hearts it can go away and there are people that want it to go away and i'll transition now i'm going to bring it back to the art. i don't want to depress everybody i want them to feel empowered. i'm not playing here i'm not playing here because we've got receipts that we have been banned by entire states having said that Let's turn away from the corporate New York publishing world where people who are illiterate about Latinos make decisions about community. And let's take it to where then you are helping to keep Wisache in this new era and you're seeking political asylum for Wisache in Califas and they extended (laughs) it. (laughs) And, you know, Aja is a whole different ballgame outside of the state structure where they're erasing things. So I I do want to segue to that and we're going to bring folks on Let me say one thing about this. Dígame,
2: dígame, say
0: it. One positive thing
1: that we, we have to be be responsible for, and that is buy Huizache. The only way that we look like we are a market is if we make this magazine seem as big as it is. I mean, I know we all love to see our poetry, our fiction, or nonfiction be published, and you know we all have these feelings. Oh, I wish. How come she's getting in? How come he's getting? In? I want to be. In. And but even in, when you're not by the magazine, and yes, then so. editors, publishers, they see us buying that mag. Us, we go to our movies. They say, hey, they have a market right now. As long as if we don't have a market, they don't see market because they're looking mm-hmm. at point. They want money. Believe me, this conversation has come up in my career for 30 years. Money. Mm-hmm. You know, where do we put this? Where do mm-hmm. and what? My answer: We Sachi. Look, look at the good work we do. We don't do just one of these things. We have like 50 identities, and they're all good. And we would like to read it. We. Read our magazine.
2: Mm-hmm. You want us,
0: you buy our magazine. In parting, uh, thank you for all that you've done, uh, Dagoberto. Your stories have fired us up, kept us going. I will close by reminding folks that Dagoberto just told us the state of Texas is suing the godfather of Chicano literature. What sure. the what is up with that? Yeah, yeah. I saw Dagoberto, any parting words? You tell somewhere? me, tell me, help. I'm drowning. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Tagoberta, for all you've done. Thanks for being on the show. On that note, we want to bring in the new era of Wisatch. Uh, hey Marcel Montoya we're going to introduce some of the folks that that we have in the wings and you are the new era so gracias for taking this on Um, but before we do that I I do want people to understand that in in my opinion Wisacha is a beautiful organic growing definition of what it means to be Chicano
3: tell us a little about yourself because you are Chicano pedigree brother Thank you, Tony, for, for having me on the show and for featuring Luisache. Um, I do, I come from a family of artists and activists. Um, my uncle, Jose Montoya, um, one of his uh, best early important poems, uh, El Lui, um, mm-hmm. you know, kind of using, um, you know, Spanglish, but, and also Calo, uh, an artist, a musician, my dad, Malaquias Montoya, and uh, then my brother, Andres Montoya, so, you just kind of go, go down the line, and, and there's, there's artists everywhere you look, and, and really, you know, tracing their roots to, to the Chicano movement, uh, my dad, my uncle, um, the, the movement not only kind of gave them their humanity but gave them their voices as artists. So uh, where one began and 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 the other uh, and the other ended, they were just always kind of uh, intertwined their their creative voices and their their voices as activists and um, and uh, just you know cultural contrib- contributors.
0: That's fantastic. And let me ask you this, with that legacy, you, you know so much about a community and, you know, you, you've had a fantastic seller career on your own, too. Typically, the approach is to just write your own work. Why have you decided to give your time, energy, you know, uh, education capital, intellectual capital to work on this magazine?
3: It's a good question because, you know, when I look back, I guess the... The legacy of my father and my uncle, for them, it was never enough just to be an artist, right? They also had to be activists. They also were involved politically. They were also educators. And I think when I was younger, I wanted to push against that because I know how long it takes to um, make a series of paintings, um, to write a novel, and I wanted to be dedicated to the craft. And here I was, I'm a visual artist and a writer, and um, I I wanted to be in the studio and at my desk writing um, and thought that that was enough. Uh, and i think for many it is uh, but you get to a point i think in your in your career and i'm sure this was the case with Dago, um, where you look around you and you see what you can contribute and um, you can make a decision not to or you decide no let me weigh in let me use my efforts to to raise other people's voices because you know how difficult it was to to get published um, to get your work exhibited um, when i Work with my students in the classroom. I know how transformative a space that can be, where they they discover their voice. And um, you know, you want to replicate that. You want to create other transformative spaces. And to me, that's what Sache was. Um, It created a community of writers and, um, you know, some, you know, writers publishing for the very first time and others who, you know, had these legendary careers from, uh, you know, writers like Gary Soto and Sandra Cisneros and Dagoberto Gilb and um, Juan Felipe Herrera uh, to, you know, like I said, writers publishing for the first time who felt like they were entering into what is really a tradition you know, a tradition of, of Chicanx, Latinx um, uh, uh, letters, um, and they they become par- part of it. Um, but it was also, you know, just the the presentation, the attention to aesthetics. Uh, Dagoberto, I think very, from the very beginning, um, had had an eye to not necessarily his own kind of personal preferences, but just let me look for something that's different, something work that that kind of defies our expectations of Chicanx and Latinx literature. Um, and there's such a diversity of writing uh, that's published in wisace in the, you know, in 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 all of its issues. Um, and to kind of create that, right? Wisate um, plays an important role in in kind of. Uh, presenting those different, those different sensibilities, those different aesthetics, and it does it in a beautiful way. Uh, I remember m- my very first story that was published in Wisache in the fourth issue, and the the magazine arrived in the mail, and it just this kind of, you know, heavy issue full of wonderful writers and the quality of the paper, the quality of the presentation, um, and it was really one of those moments that I look back on, you um, that you know made me feel as if I had as if I had made it as if I had become part of this literary community, and so back to your original question of you know why I would want to dedicate you know my time to doing this, um, it's to kind of create that experience and recreate that over and over um, for the the authors that we publish in this next issue and the issues into the future.
0: I love it, and that's a great point. And you mentioned something. I mean, the content is powerful. But even the book, I mean, I love books, but you're right. Just touching the book, how it lays, it's a work of art in itself. Is that something you want to keep up? Because I imagine that's also expensive, no?
3: It is. Um, and I think that there's this whole push, um, you know uh, other journals out there that have gone online um because the work could be published. it can be it distributed and it and it costs far less for it to be published online. But you know, I think that there is something. I mean, we're we're lovers of literature. We're lovers of book. We like to hold them in our hands. Um, and uh, there's something about the reading experience that I think that our work our work deserves that kind of of, of presentation and the the kind of meaningful um, interaction uh, that you know it requires to turn the pages and to to spend time with the words on the on the page. Um, and so I think that. Um, we will continue to find ways of publishing it uh, in this book form um, because we believe so much in the work and believe that it deserves uh, that that time and and attention.
0: Sache will be part of the Texas Author Series at the Latino Bookstore at the Guadalupe Cultural Arts Center. I'm very proud to be the literary curator there. So we will be having uh, an in-person visit. Uh, Roberto Ontiveros will be joining us. Vincent Cooper will be joining us. Joe Reyes Boitel will be joining us. Of course, we're also joined today by Yejira, who'll be reading one of her pieces. But I do want to remind folks then that if you want to convene, you can always stop by the Latino bookstore during business hours. And in the 2023 reading series, it's every second Friday of the month. And of course, now we have lesson plans for middle school, grammar school, and high school. We're looking forward to at some point possibly incorporating um, an issue of Wisatje for those lesson plans. So we hope that you'll join all of us, but we're very happy that that we'll be able to uh, to celebrate that. Roberto, you were in an earlier issue. We want to talk to you, too, about the piece you Will for Texas Observer. Um, how about this, Marcel? Why don't you introduce our other friends, all of us, our family, of course, and tell us what you liked about what you thought their work brought to this issue of Wisache. And then we're going to go to Roberto to talk about um, his take on what happened with Sache, and, of course, being a contributor as well. And then... Um, after you introduce this person, maybe they could quickly say, "Hey, is it is it a big deal or not to be in Misace, and how how can this contribute to community?" So uh, take it away, Marcel.
3: Yeah. So um, uh, yeah, this for the issue nine, um, uh, the current issue. Uh, you know, Dagoberto and I worked together, and and it was funny early on. Dagoberto told me. That I read too much like a teacher. Um, I was kind of rooting for everyone who submitted, you know, uh, everyone that came through the the submission platform. I was rooting for them. And Dagoberto was like, you know, no, you have to, you know, you have to read like an editor, which is, you know, being decisive and you know what stands out to you, what appeals to you. And and uh, Yahida Salvatierra, her work was one of the first that that came across, and I was just I was just floored by it. Um, floored by the voice. Floored by um, uh, there, her is actually kind of like this, also like a visual, textual poem. Uh, so the way that you read it uh, on the page uh, matters, and and you know just really stood out to me just for 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 the voice alone. Um, and then uh, Joe Reyes portel just the the not only. Um, kind of the way the poem was crafted, but just how deeply personal it was. You know, you're always looking for. You're looking for a voice. You're looking for a voice that draws you in. That's telling you um, a story that that you lose yourself um, in in, uh, uh, in 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 the in the moments, in the images that are that are being created. And and so both just powerful um, examples. And then, you know, Vincent's, uh, not in this issue, but, you know, kind of speak of the way that, that works and the, I guess, the Latino literary community. um, Met Vincent years ago, I think it was at the San Antonio uh, Book Festival, and he shared his work with me early on. And um, yeah, again, I was just, I was floored by his work. And and it's been wonderful to see as his books have been published and, and uh, uh, that we're all kind of part of this this community of writers that are, that are really, really rooting, rooting for one another and trying to, uh, to support one another's work.
0: I love it. And of course we invite other contributors to, to stop by for the pachanga hey, we'll make it an open mic if you want that. And uh, I did want to hear from uh, the, the three folks you mentioned. Um, Yahira, is it, is it a big deal to be in Wasachi?
4: Yeah, it is. I know that for me, um, oh man like what 10 11 years ago i was starting to submit again and we it was one of the uh magazines that i looked I think somebody had suggested it and i looked into and i really loved to see like the voices that i was searching for um because i was looking for books right with certain voices and so this magazine meant a lot to me um and then since then i've sent work and been published a couple more times so it is really important because it has a lot of the voices and the, and and different Right. Like uh, histories within our communities that comes through, which is really important, not just like um, not just one story uh, that we as we were hearing um, that to talk about. So, yeah, it's been really important for me.
0: Fantastic. Mm-hmm. And when we get through talking to folks um, with this initial over uh, insight, we're going to go back to you to, to, to read for us por favorcito, in just a little bit uh and joe roy's boy Tell, of course been great to to convene with you on the show uh wh- what does it mean to be in with wesatche
5: i think it was evident from the first issue how really unique and special it was again that heft we're talking about just that the beauty of falling falling in love with something you can hold that it becomes this permanent uh marker right this permanent mm-hmm. kind of um Th- this evidence for the diversity of our voices so from the beginning I wanted to be in like there was no doubt and I think I had to just get to a point where I was like okay now I could deserve to be in there you know and so it kind of helped me to hone my craft in a way that was something that I looked mm-hmm. forward to um, when I picked up issues um, it's special I mean I think that that's evident when you pick up a copy it's special
0: I, I agree with you too it's great to see the um, the different nuance pieces, the, um, the the legacy writers, the new writers, and folks that you wouldn't expect to be in the Chicano Journal uh, appearing in there as well. So th- I'm glad you mentioned that, uh, Vincent. Always great to hang out with you. Great that you'll be joining us at the Latino Bookstore again. You were there for a special um, a special focus on Malphill Press. But yes, hace un tiempecito Thank you so much for joining us for this. Uh, what what does it mean to you to be a, a part of the Weasaje
2: familia? you know, there's nothing like it anywhere else in the world. With Versace, it's it's probably my most treasured publication. Wow. You know, you know this was young. This was early on. This was 2015, know, 2016. And uh, I had just started publishing. And then to get that acceptance from Dagoberto was everything. And mm. his encouragement, his support, uh, you know, throughout the years has has really, you know, helped me get through. And for me, it's a big deal to say I'm published with mm. Sandra Cisneros, you know, with you all, with Yakeda, with with everybody here, with with Maceo, with every major, you know, Chicano, Latinx, you know, everybody that's anybody that's in it is is in all these. And the artwork is also amazing. These books are like mm-hmm. like a treasure, really. You know, it's a I've gifted, I've bought copies just to gift to people, uh, because it, it's it's huge, it's important. And it's, it's meant everything for me.
0: Roberto, with all these wonderful things being said, <laughs> how in the world <laughs> can it happen that Texas couldn't handle Wisache? You, you did a great piece in in the Texas Observer chronicling some of that. And you're also a contributor to it. Uh, it was actually also uh, great to hang out with you during the tour for uh, Echo en Texas. Why don't you summarize a little bit about your piece and I, 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 what I love about your piece is it reminds us that it can all go away. It can all go away. What are your thoughts? Roberto? So when,
6: thinking? when there was in jeopardy, it seemed kind of natural. It seemed really tragic, but it seemed kind of natural. And then to see that it was able to survive in the interesting way that it has uh, made it kind of uh triumphant and self-evident, you know, to everybody that was a contributor, how special and how rare that whole thing was. Uh, I, I, I I just kind of stand by the fact that I, I always thought it was ironic. You know, you call it We Saatchi, it's supposed to grow here, and then it's got to be surviving as a transplant. I think that's that, that tells you everything, really. And it also kind of shows, in a way, how much dreaming goes into this and how much uh, faith behind it all. Because really, yeah, uh, those issues were amazing, and I never uh, – I was in there. I never thought, and I still don't think, like uh, if I send something out or whatever, I don't expect to be in there. It's not like a necessary given to me that I'm going to be in future issues. It's just one of these uh, magazines that uh, it is a really special situation. It's, it's an interesting dialogue between old and new and stuff that isn't around anymore and stuff that hasn't happened yet. And so to be there is all part of this uh, pageant that's just going by. So, yeah, I didn't I didn't think anything about it. Like when it was when it was really threatened, I was kind of like I was like, well, <laughs> I didn't think it was going to be around at all. But uh, to see how it's going like this. Uh, i'm really proud that i'm in there uh every story that i had in my last collection uh was published somewhere and they're good places it's like three penny review santa monica review um i would have felt really really embarrassed personally embarrassed if i couldn't get something into wisatje for that first collection of mine i would have felt like well what, what's wrong with me so and, and uh, honestly you know i think other people should have would have you know, if they told me hey what, what, what's going on with you what I, you know, I, would been, I don't know. I guess I'm not, you know, and it, it really you can't say it's like a literary standard. It's a special something. You know, it's it's a it's a something that, you know, really, there's not enough room for all the people that should be going into. We saw and I wish that we could figure out a way that you guys could make it into like a publishing house. You mm. know, that's kind of what I'm, I'm looking forward to in the future with you guys. But yeah. So anyway, I wasn't I don't know if I really answered any of that. But yeah, it's rare and uh, vulnerable. No, 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 you did. And, uh, I
0: think Marcel, Marcel's scared. Cause now he won't, will you sleep three hours now, Marcel? I mean,
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it is. It's a lot of, it's a lot of work. Um, you know, and Dago, he put a lot of faith in me and, um, you know, I, I honor that at the same time. I, I feel the weight. I feel the responsibility. And, um, you know, I think at some point he said, you know, I'm I'm happy, but I'm sorry, you know, because mm. <laughs> he, he knows <laughs> what he placed on on my shoulders. Um, but, you know, someone, I was talking to an old artist friend of mine, and and uh, he has since become a like a businessman. And he says that owning a business is kind of like being an artist. You have this vision and you have to execute it. And it, I almost felt like that's uh, then being an editor of a magazine is the same way. You have this vision and you have to figure out a way all these creative ways of making it happen, all these you know juggling, bringing on people on board, sharing the responsibility, um, uh, and, and really just kind of dreaming and, and hoping that that dream will see you through and that an issue will emerge on, on the other side. Um, but yeah, you can only do that if you have if you start with that with that dream. Um, and it really began with with Dagoberto in 2011 when he decided, I'm going to start this, I'm going to start with Sache.
0: Let's hear some of the literatura in the journal. And we're going to have Yahira Salvatierra. She's going to read. Her poems have appeared or are forthcoming in. Here's here's the other familias you're in. Poetry Magazine, The Nation, and Rattle. Her collection, Sons of Salt, is forthcoming with BOA editions in 2024. Hopefully we get you through Texas to, to celebrate that. She's a community organizer. That's what's up for the San Francisco International Florida Canto Literary Festival and a contributing editor for Wisache. She's she's here from Oakland, out there in Calipas, where you're a dedicated educator to historically marginalized and resilient communities. That is what's up. Thank you for joining us, Hermana, and please let it flow.
4: Yeah, thank you for having me and inviting me. I um yeah I'm really happy to be here and the poem that um one of the poems I'm going to read um is connected to the poem that was uh published in the last Versace, which is looking at um sons uh, so like what happens to our sons in this country how um like my so my parents were immigrants and then I I was born there and I think of my sons how this country continues to do something, To our sons, to all of us, but to our sons, that's what. Because I have two, I have two sons, or to our young um, men, of the color yellow. Walls are painted summer yellow, but it is the first day of spring, where night and day are the same length, unlike God's preference of one son's body over another. Walls are painted summer yellow, and it is the first day of spring we have entered the year of Cali, meaning casa, as in protection, the heart of a mountain. My Mexican mother enters a cathedral as though it were a mountain, like her mother and her mother's mother, who left her body and traveled as smoke down a mountain to find refuge in a church, which was never her home. I don't set foot in a church unlike my mother or her mother or smoke. One evening in July, when the sky began to orange, I woke up next to the man I loved and housed with my body. He said, I must have been born under the sign of Kali. To protect my sons, my mother grips their wrists drags them up the steps of Our Lady of Angels Church and stands them in front of the holy water stoop, the size of a man's body. She pours salt in the large bowl. With her arm, she stirs the water mix, cups water in her hands, and has my sons drink until salt seeps out of their pores to cover their skin and keep their shadows like smoke from escaping. Um, the last poem that I want to share is actually, um, a poem, uh, from work that I'm translating by a Peruvian poet, Ana Varela Tofer, who is from the Amazon of Peru. She's a published poet in Peru. Um, I've been working with her for a while now and, um, just think it's really important work. She's actually been published in Wisache also, I think it was, uh, two issues ago. Um, but. It's important work because she's talking about the Amazon, and it's just marvelous and important and urgent. Deluge. The world floods on this shore. My house, my garden, an endless street. My room is covered with uncertainty, and my boots made in China are salvaged. Everything overflows in this unexpected sea. Water here and there, high cost of living. The surprise grows in seconds. The rain's economy imposes itself everywhere. In each raindrop that waits to be multiplied, in each sound of unannounced clouds, everything in my body accustomed to floating is shipwrecked, and I sell timelessly balanced in the moment. Thank you.
0: That's beautiful. Thank you so much. We look forward to having you back on and we look forward to having you in uh, in Texas at some point. So, ojalá. Yeah, thank, you. thank you very much. Next up, we want to bring uh, Joe Reyes-Boytel, who, of course, is a Tejana. And I want to tell folks that you are a poet, playwright and scholar, queer mixed Latinx and parent. Now, working on their MFA in creative writing at the University of Texas in El Rio Grande Valle, where they serve as a teaching assistant. Their publication includes Michael and Josephine from Flower Song Press, one of our dear friends from Flower, Flower Song Press, and the chapbook Mouth by Neom Henlock. Uh, Playing with Fire, their book of poetry centered on their upbringing, is forthcoming from Next Page Press this November. She wears bells. The hybrid opera was chosen as a finalist for Guerrilla Opera's 2022 annual virtual festival. So, uh, thank you so much for for being back on the show and uh, for for sharing some of your work.
5: I really appreciate it. I would be in trouble if I didn't give a shout out to the Valley. We had really wonderful representation, and we such it, including Emmy and Jay and Rodney Gomez and so um, I need to say thank you to and hello to all of them and to everyone else. There are a lot of really wonderful poets in the valley. So um, the first piece I'm gonna read is called Flint and it's in Wisache. My brother arrives at my work, leading me to translate his rough hands and angular jaw for the hesitant watching behind cubicle walls. Gone are his youthful round eyes and sleepy pout His skin now ashy, weathered, his chin losing its edge, reddened skin tied tight, straw-stuffed body waiting for a light. Age has loosened his secrets. Fear has built its nest within him. He borders on homelessness, just in case, dark clothes to hide and protect his body, two pair of shorts, two pair of socks, a button-down, and a t-shirt. T-shirt worn in layers on a hot August day. He's just come out of jail and needs to make a call. No message really, just a thanks to Mike or John or whoever else bailed him out this time. This part isn't new. He's always thankful. I offer coffee, give my lunch to his blind hand. The shape of our childhood has worn on him. He bears the brunt of our anger and can't reconcile it within Our stories are unraveling. We break, consider ourselves lucky to have managed a life. His metallic eyes roam the landscape within. That softness is quivering and he cries without breath. I have denied myself this hurt. Like a firefly, I am pinned to his dark shirt. Um, I did not expect to write about my brother, but here's a second piece also with such it. My Brother the Pragmatist. My brother folds his shirts neat, stacks them in the back seat, every button of every shirt lined up, one atop the other. His shoes are practical, take him from roofing work to nighttime gatherings around the fire pit with friends. My brother asks my mom to hold his money. She doesn't offer interest and holding comes with a lecture, but he trusts her more than banks. My brother rents apartments in our parents' names, knowing they will take care of the yellowed kitchen walls and small fire damage in the bathroom. My brother works on his car most afternoons. He's decided to remove the gas tank since he won't have gas money for another week. He may as well keep up his skills. My brother is looking for a new car. It's nice to go for a ride with the windows down. His revoked license and stolen plates are reminders to take advantage of the day. My brother welcomes another child. He refuses condoms because he doesn't want to remove his girlfriend's right to choose. My brother is in love with his girlfriend. If they break up for a day or two, he finds another girl while they are no longer in love. It is what it is, he says. My brother is the pretty one. He always was.
0: And we're looking forward to joining you as part of the Texas author series at the Latino bookstore at the Guadalupe cultural arts center. So uh, we're looking forward to getting a chance to get you to sign a copy with Sachi for us. Gracias. Thank you. And speaking of San Antonio, you, you've got the shortest ride to the Latino bookstore, <laughs> <laughs> <Lots of business. laughs> And, uh, Vincent Cooper's author of Where the Reckless Ones Come to Die from Atslan Libre Press, based in Tamien San Anto, uh, 2014, Zamora, Poetry of Survival from Jade Publishing, 2019, and forthcoming, Infidelis from Mouthfield Press. Oh, yeah, you're hitting all the Texas big uh, the big shots. I love it. <laughs> Fall of 2023, Uh Cooper's Poems can be funding Wisache 6, Wisatcha 8, River's Edge Journal, Somos En Escrito, dry Land Lit, co-editor of Good Cop, Bad Cop Anthology, Flower Song Press 2021. He's also a member of the Macondo Writers Workshop. Shout out to the Macondo Familia, selected in 2015. And uh, former United States Marine, currently living on the south side of San Antonio. Uh, take it away,
2: hermano. All right, thank you so much. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Doggo. I love you, if you're still there. Uh, This is called The Gimmick. It was in Wasatchi 8. Epigraph. Our country won't go on forever if we stay as soft as we are now. There won't be any America because some foreign soldiery will invade us, take our women, and breed a heartier race. Lieutenant General Chesty Puller, United States Marine Corps. Chicano brothers and sisters, I want you. Take back what is ours. This land is your land. This land is Atslan. Daddy wears Marine Corps gear, red and gold pride, Semper Fi. do or die. He wants you to be a man. Get a GI Bill, make your time worth it. Get all the benefits, try not to get married. Don't have kids, just live it up. Look sharp, uniform starched, sharp creases, stiff walk clack the heels from your spit shine Cadillacs. In the Marines, they tell you we're all green for equality. We fight for honor. We die for freedom. So Americans can watch American Idol with a Budweiser on the arm of their couches, children glued to iPad apps, MAGA 2.0. Later, you'll hear your brown Marine brothers being deported. You'll vouch for him, telling Facebook that he is a hero. Our government says, thank you for being a frontline bullet catcher. Now go back to Mexico. Your son who followed in your footsteps says it's a thankless job. I should have chased that woman I loved or the job in LA that I wanted.
0: Thank you, Vincent, and really looking forward to hanging out with you at the Latino Bookstore. And thanks for all you do and uh, and uh, really enjoy listening to your work. Gracias. And uh, we're going to bring uh, Roberto back on. Roberto, um, you, you said you didn't want to read from uh, from the piece, but maybe you want to talk about it. Well, little I little wouldn't more. mind
6: except for I think uh, just kind of talking it out directly is better, you know. Uh, so any questions about that? And then I could elaborate on something, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, I I like what you said, too, in
0: that you you mentioned in the piece uh, and we've chatted about it. You had kind of misgivings about, well, how will the definition of uh, uh, or identity term of Chicanidad be applied?
6: Yeah, Uh, it's 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 funny. I was thinking about this uh, specifically because, see, I had a friend and I talked to her still uh, almost every day. And I was thinking about a poem she wrote back when we were, you know, in McAllen. Uh, like 19 years old or something. She wrote a poem uh called Where Latinos Sing and Dance. And it was a poem that she wrote at the Mac Newsstand down here. And basically, I it's kind of funny because I never really even paid attention to it until like even just the other day or today I was looking at it. And um, it had been published uh in a little place that was not a Chicano or Latino magazine. You know, she was trying to be a poet back then and it was published immediately. And she, she never kind of pursued that. But there wasn't a place for it. You know, right. she just wrote that. And she, and basically it was her experience of kind of uh, having a, you know, the desire to create. And then we were sitting in a place where everybody spoke Spanish and we kind of didn't really speak Spanish. And she was looking up at the TV and we were in an air conditioned place or I wasn't there when she wrote it, but I was always around with her. And I could feel that when I, it, it was so weird because it, it was like a poem that could have probably been in We you, but We wasn't around, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it's a hard thing to, to describe my own work i don't know how to describe it i know that i'm latino so whatever i write it's going to be latino that's my that's my oh, yeah. out. i just think that's how it goes <laughs> so it kind of does, you know at the same time you know i also feel like if i read something i'm gonna interpret it in those ways and you know i don't naturally speak uh most of this i don't think speak spanish all the time and mm-hmm. i can understand it very well uh but i almost never speak it my grandmother uh would speak to me in Spanish and I would speak to her in English and that's just how we talked and that's just that was just how that went Mm -hmm. that was kind of my uh education there I mean I never really got Mm -hmm. into so it's weird this whole um this whole situation about it gets kind of complicated for me in that Mm -hmm. like uh the people well originally Dago had I'm, I'm kind of talking about everything right now but Dago had this really cool workshop that um I was lucky to be part of uh kind of when I first met him and by the way the guy that introduced me to Dago's work was a white kid that I grew up with named Ben Meadows, and he was my best friend. He loved Dago's work. I didn't read Dago, he loved Dago's work. He showed me Dago's work. He went to Dago's reading in Austin, where there was only one guy there, Ben, and me standing behind him. Ben got his book signed. It was for the Mickey Acuna book. I I read Dago after all that. So my introduction to Dago was a white kid. You know, he didn't think of it as Chicano literature. He just wanted to be a writer, thought he was a cool writer. So it's complicated like that. So when I got to know Dago and he was, you know, kind enough to invite me and Oscar Cazares and uh, Christy Gennaris, Granadas uh, to this uh, illegal undocumented workshop that he had like, in his garage <laughs> apartment, that's what he called it, right? It's a cool name and it was a really fun time. We had nothing in common. Our writing had nothing in common. I mean, we could not even tan the same. We had zero in common. I was writing these William Burroughs type Jean Genet pastiches that look like uh, if Hemingway decided to take a nap on Brady Sinellis or something, right? <laughs> That's kind of what it looked like. I mean, I, I was having a good time. Uh, Christine was writing these very, very—I I almost think that they were like necessary explanations about what it was like to have like some apostolic situation going on wherever she was a kid. And you mm-hmm. know, Oscar, you know, you know, he's he's Mister Adman. You know, he knows how to you know put the stuff together. So he was taking notes the whole way. We we're all learning. It was just very different work, is is what I mean to say about that. That kind of told me right away, and we didn't have a damn thing in common, and it was hard to yoke us together. What I like about what the Wisace project is, is that I don't have to do what everybody's doing. Like, I can't do what you're doing. I can't do the kind of, uh, I couldn't put together that activist uh, tome that you put together recently. I couldn't do that, and I would fail at it. And I don't even have to try now. You know, you can do that. And that's what's cool about it. When I look at We Such, I see, you know, the great poetry I just heard, I can't write it. And mm-hmm. I don't even have to try to write it. And that's the cool thing about it, that I can see that it's there. Uh, one of my favorite um, Latino writers is Domingo Martinez. I love his work. Uh, he's amazing to me, his memoir. But one of the reasons why I like it so much is because I don't have to do it now. Like, I don't have to write uh, about the valley in in that way that he did. I don't have to do the Boy Kings of Texas, or even I couldn't do it. For one thing, I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to talk about my family the way he does and not not get so much. I don't even talk to my family, but I couldn't do it. And I think he still has a relationship with this. So I don't know. But it's that's just not cool. an option for me. And I, it doesn't have to be. And it's exciting that all that can exist and I don't have to do it. So that's another thing that's very freeing about that kind of uh, it's not a genre. It's like a an allowance run amok or something. Yeah. I I like that.
0: It's it's our terms on our terms, and I should tell folks too that uh, you are an artist, fiction writer, and literary critic. Some of your works appeared in, and these are all major, you know, publications: Three Penny Review, Santa Monica Review, the the Believer, the Baffler, and your collections of stories. The Fight for Space is published by Stephen F. Austin University Press. I'm going to bring everybody back on as as we say as we say goodbye, but I think that's a great note to to end on in that, um, you know, it seems that all, everybody's contributing to uh, this new definition of what it means to be uh Chicano. Uh, Marcel, why don't you close us out? It's so is this kind of what you were expecting? And is this kind of what uh, you want people to experience in person at the Latino bookstore when they pick up Visache for themselves?
3: Absolutely. Just the uh, the range of voices. Um, you know, you felt the the gravitas in, in each of their their readings. How different they were. Um, and then those who get to experience it in person, um, and also hold the book in their hands, and to to really feel that that Visace is a, is is a work of art. And as Roberto mentioned, um, you know, just the work you find within kind of frees up. Uh, you know, those other voices that are kind of pushing uh, the definition of, of uh Chicken X, Latinx literature. Fantastic.
0: And as I thank the folks that are helping us today, I'm gonna give Dagoberto fair warning. I'm I wanna bring him back on. Uh I, I don't know if he's ready, but I'm gonna yeah, yes, I think he's saying he is. Hey Dagoberto, I think you were saying no. So we brought you back on against your will, Dagoberto. <laughs> Hey, give us some parting words of wisdom. Oh my God! You always ask me these these questions that
1: are so big that I I'm supposed to go like um oh. oh, I don't know what the what they say in in Mexico here. Um, Lakers? No. Um, what? No, really. I, I'm really happy. I what what a pleasure to hear everybody's vision, which includes mine that's sort of like wow I had I did everybody's right about I did have a vision of no we aren't this we aren't that we aren't this we're all of those Mm. and uh, it's sort of nice to I see us I don't like to say country but a culture that is ignored Mm. and look at this
0: look at what they're ignoring Thank you for tuning in, everybody. I'm Tony Diaz de Libre Tafricante. I want to give a shout out to our crew. Roxana Guzman is our multi-platform producer. Rodrigo Bravo is our audio producer. And, of course, I want to thank all the listeners on KPFT 90.1 FM Houston's Community Station, our first platform. Of course, we come to you live and in person. So this is part of Nuestra Palabra's 25th anniversary season. And if you are tuning in and you can make a donation... In the name of Nuestra Palabra, the KPFT, please do. And you can go to kpft.org, as well as call 713-526-5738. look forward to seeing all of you at the Latino Bookstore. And thank you for all that you do. Gracias. Ciao.
4: De eso te puedo elevar